Hey y'all, welcome to another episode of the All of You Whole podcast, hosted by me, Caroline Fossil, entrepreneur, wellness expert, author, and speaker. My goal is to help you build a healthy, connected, and intentional life that fulfills your greatest purpose. Go ahead and hit that pause button and then the plus button to subscribe to this show so you get more impactful content each and every week. We would also love it if you would leave a five-star rating and review. This helps people you and I don't even know find the show. And lastly, please share an episode you love with whoever you can. Sharing is caring, and that's how we continue to grow. And as always, I am forever grateful for your support. Hey friends, thanks for listening to another episode of the All of You Whole podcast. As the title suggests, I do have an announcement for this episode of the podcast. Y'all, I have been recording weekly, sometimes more than weekly, for two years. This is the 100th episode of the All of You Whole podcast, and that makes me so, so happy. It has been so fun. I have learned so much, honestly. Obviously, I pursue the different topics that interest me. So we have really spread the gamut on this podcast of different things we've talked about. And I really have learned and grown so much just by being the humble host of this podcast. So it has been such a joy and such a treat. It's funny because Ella got diagnosed with ADHD this year and... As she was getting diagnosed, both <laughs> both my husband and the psychiatrist was like, so does that sound familiar, Caroline? Any of these symptoms? <laughs> and I'm like, what? You don't know me. And so while I am not formally diagnosed with ADHD, I likely have ADHD. And just having that understanding and growing in my knowledge of how ADHD works and how the ADHD brain functions, honestly, I'm really surprised and proud of myself that I was able to maintain something that was every single week for two years. It doesn't sound very hard to do one thing every single week for two years, but it really is. There is a lot that goes into maintaining a podcast, whether it's creating your own content that you're going to have on a podcast, whether it's reaching out to guests that you'd like to have on the podcast, researching that guest, formulating the questions and understanding the topic enough that you can really guide the conversation. And then you record the podcast and then you have to send the podcast off. Anyway, we don't have to go into every detail, but it really is a pretty big undertaking. One that has been so fun and filled my life with so much joy for two years. And as you guys know, I did turn in my manuscript for my next book. My first book was a cookbook, Prep Cook Freeze. My next book doesn't have a title yet, but it is going to be about how to be healthy and intentional in 12 areas of your life. And that was such a massive, massive project. My contract required 60,000 words and I submitted over 110,000, so almost double. I submitted it November 1st. I'm recording this November 18th and I'm still thinking of things I wanna add. (laughs) And so that was a huge project. And as I think about what do I want to really dedicate my time towards as that book comes out 
essentially a little over a year from now. And I really want to get back to the basics of what started all of you whole. And that was clean, healthy, easy, family-friendly recipes and also healthy resources. Now that I'm a health coach, I can share more kind of in the how to be healthy realm. So I want to start doing that more both on the blog and on social media. So I really want that to be my focus. And so for that reason, we are pausing the podcast. I'm saying pause because I am an Enneagram 7 and I think I'm probably an Enneagram 7 wing 8. But I also have a lot of six in me and six is the loyalist. And there have been many times in my life where I couldn't quit something, (laughs) whether that was a relationship that probably needed to end or it was something that I had committed to but could have totally backed out of early and the consequences were not very severe. But I just stuck with it because that's who I am. I stick with things. So Quitting things is really hard for me. (laughs) So I'm not going to say that this is the end of the All of You Whole podcast because I really do love this medium, but I'm going to say that we are pausing the All of You Whole podcast. So with that in mind, I would love for you to follow along in other places. You can follow along at All of You Whole on all social media channels. I'm most active on Instagram. I post to TikTok and threads. And... Also, my email list is where I share what's going on both behind the scenes and maybe it's kind of like a what did you miss, right? Like it's so hard to catch up with everything and everybody on social media. It's so hard. So if you want those recipes, those resources, those things that are going on in our lives, be sure to head to allofyouhold.com and you can sign up for the newsletter to be sure that you're catching everything that's happening at All of You Hold. So today for my final before the pause episode, I really want to talk about habits. So when I submitted my manuscript for my next book, we have the 12 different areas that we're focusing on in the book broken up into the first section is health and wellness focused, the second section is environment focused, third section is connection, and that involves mostly relationships, and then the last section is faith, with the last chapter being habits, because it really does encompass all of the other things, right? Like when you're reading a book about 12 different ways to be healthy and intentional, you'll come across a million different things that you could change in your life. But then it comes down to how do I make that change happen? Like how do I do this? And so as I was thinking about this podcast and the 100 different things that we've talked about on this podcast – There have been a lot of different things that could be action items in your life, and how do you make that a reality? When I became a health coach, you know, a health coach really is just a behavior change specialist. So there might be things in your life that you're thinking, I really wish I did X, Y, Z. Like, I really wish I ate more vegetables. I really wish I just ate healthier in general. I really wish I could cut down on my sugar intake or I really wish I moved my body in some form or fashion, doesn't have to be HIIT or CrossFit or a Peloton workout every single day, right? Like we might have these aspirations that are really hard to actually turn into actions that we do 
and habits that become ingrained, right? And so a habit is really just a formalized, settled action or a manner of behavior that has become innate in us. So it has become involuntary. And one thing that you can think of is you walk into a dark room and you flip on the light, right? That's a habit because you want to see, right? You want to be able to see in that room. So it's just habitual that at night you walk into a room and you flip on the switch, right? So that's involuntary. You don't even think about it. And you know that's a habit and ingrained. If the power goes out, you still do it because it's just habitual without even thinking you're flipping on that light. So the funny thing about when we're thinking about behavior change is that actually humans are lazy. (laughs) That is not a slant against humans, but really our brains are just always looking for the easy way out. And so if we create habits, then it's a non-thinking way of doing something which is easier for our brains. And so that's really why we create habits is that our brains are lazy and they want to take the easy way instead of like, I think of shoots and ladders, right? And there's like the really hard way to win that includes a really circuitous route with lots of ladders. Or there can be that surefire way that's just quick and easy to get to the end, right? The end of the game and to win. And so our brains want that quick, easy, fast way of doing things. Additionally, you might be thinking to yourself, like, Caroline, I really am not that disciplined. Like, I don't actually have a lot of habits in my life. But really, the science says that up to 45% of our daily behaviors are made up of habits. That is things like you wake up, you make a cup of coffee the same way every single day. You sit in the same chair at your table for breakfast, things like that. They really, there are so many habits in in our lives even if we don't realize it. So if you're not a habit geek like I am and haven't read every single habit book that's out there because I think it's so interesting and it's part of my job, I want to tell you about the habit loop. So a few different people have coined the habit loop and it's changed a little bit, but in his famous book, The Power of Habit, business reporter Charles Duhigg created this habit loop. And there are four stages of the habit that create the habit loop. It's cue, craving, response, and reward. And the cue is what really cues you to do the habit. So let's go back to the light is off example. The darkness, walking into a room of darkness is your cue that you're gonna flip on the switch. The craving is why are we doing this, right? I crave something and in that example, you're craving light, like you wanna be able to see. The response is what you're actually doing. So your response is the habit itself. The reward is why you're doing it, like what do you get out of it? So you're craving light, the reward is actually getting that light. And this is a four-step process that happens every single time that we do a habit, every single time. And if any one of these four things is not present, then the habit does not form or the habit breaks down, okay? And so these four components are really, really important and we use them 
both when we're forming a new habit and when we're breaking a habit. So when we're forming a habit, you want to be sure that you have all four of those things. So let me give an example in my life of a habit that I have, and that is taking my supplements in the morning. Even though the supplements that I take might change depending on my health practitioner's goals for me, I still am pretty much going to be taking supplements the rest of my life, okay? So my cue is an alarm on my phone. I swear I will not take my supplements if I do not have an alarm on my phone. So I have learned that I have to set that alarm because some of my supplements are like, you they're like for your adrenals or something and you can't take them later in the day. So I have to be sure that I take them in the morning. Okay, my craving is that I'm looking forward to the results that my supplements give me. So maybe that's more energy, right? Maybe I'm feeling lethargic and my supplements help me get more energy, right? My response is actually taking my supplements and the reward is feeling energetic that day because I took my supplements, okay? So when you're forming a new habit, you want to be sure that you have all four of these steps. And if your reward is not good enough... (laughs) (laughs) then you won't do your habit, right? Like you won't be excited and motivated to do the habit. And also, I absolutely love the book Atomic Habits. And it talks about the four laws of habits, okay? The first is make it obvious, and that's for the cue. The second is make it attractive, and that's for the craving. The third is make it easy, and that's for the response, The fourth is make it satisfying, and that's for the reward, okay? So we want our habits, we want the habit loop, we want it to be obvious, attractive, easy, and satisfying, okay? I want to talk real quick about making it obvious, okay? An example I have for this is I've heard of people who want to spend time with Jesus in the morning, they want to read their Bible, and so they put their Bible before they go to bed right where they would step out of their bed. And so in order to not read the Bible, they would literally have to step over the Bible and choose not to read it. (laughs) So that's pretty intense, but that's a great example of making it obvious. And you want to make it so obvious that you feel like you have to do it. One thing that can be really great is habit stacking. And so let's say that you want to take your supplements in the morning and you brush your teeth every single morning. So what you can do is you can actually stack a habit that is not yet formed onto another habit that is like ingrained, okay? So you brush your teeth every single day, and then after you brush your teeth, you keep your multivitamin right next to your toothbrush so that after you brush your teeth, you take your multivitamin. And that is called habit stacking, where you pair an already formed habit with a new habit. And it's just one way to make that cue really obvious to you. Okay, next is you have to make it attractive. You have to want to do this habit. And you want to use your craving to make the habit attractive. Okay, so let me give you an example. So Chaz does not get annoyed by much at all. He's really an easygoing guy. 
But recently he shared with me that he was getting annoyed that when I made my espresso drink with our Breville espresso machine that I'm obsessed with, I was not dumping my espresso into the compost and I was leaving my portafilter, which is where the espresso goes, in the machine. So then he was having to take it out, dump my espresso, and then make his coffee. That's so annoying. Like, I'm an adult. I should be able to do this. So I decided that I was going to not allow myself to drink my coffee, which is what I really wanted. My my reward is my coffee, until I dumped my espresso from the portafilter, right? So I was using what I really, really wanted as my reward, which was my coffee, to force myself to do this thing that I didn't want to do, but I wanted to create this habit of doing it. Okay, and then making it easy, you have to start so tiny, okay? Like if I decided today I'm going to run a marathon, no, I can't run a marathon every day. That I That's not within my capabilities, but I can put on my shoes. For me, like I've started running again, and for me, I tell myself I'm going on a walk. Because I can go on a walk. That's within my capabilities. And so I tell myself I'm going on a walk and then I go on my walk run, right? And to keep myself motivated and because I do think this is healthy, I will walk some and then run some and walk some and then run some. And that feels so doable rather than I'm going to go run 10 miles. That feels like a lot to me. But walking and running and alternating feels so doable to me that I can do it for a long time. And so we want to make your habit, make your goal as tiny as possible and seriously just keep asking yourself, could this be tinier? Could this habit be any tinier? And stop until it's as tiny as possible, okay? So it might not even feel like a lot, like putting on your tennis shoes might not feel like a lot, but it's going to help you do the actual thing because here's the deal guys we don't have a lot of motivation okay we just really don't and so if you're waiting on your motivation to be what gets you to do your habit it's never going to happen especially if you're waiting till the end of the day studies have shown that our motive our willpower which is similar to motivation wanes throughout the day like you can actually use it up which is crazy which is why the concept of a morning routine is so important. It's because we want to use our willpower on the things that are most important to us. So figure out what's most important to you and what are those non-negotiable for you in your life that you definitely want to do every day and do those things in the morning, whether that's moving your body or spending time with Jesus or praying or meditating or eating a healthy meal. You could make a goal for yourself that you're going to eat a healthy breakfast and not that you're going to go crazy the rest of the day, but like that could be your goal. And like, you're going to get in one healthy meal every single day. That's so great, right? So the concept of morning routine is so important because we want to use her willpower on what's most important to us. One thing that's worked really well for our family is removing barriers. So One example from our lives is Chaz was sharing with me, we have divided the dishwasher that I will fill it up during the day. He will start it at night and empty it in the morning. Okay, well, you can tell (laughs) I'm not great at cleaning and being tidy. It's like the ADHD, it's the Enneagram 7, not wanting to do mundane tasks. It is not my strength, but it is part of my life's work and I'm getting so much better and so he shared with me a couple years ago like you're not doing your part of the bargain and so then I'm loading the dishwasher and emptying in all these things okay not fair to him so 
I'm thinking, okay, you know, our kids at this point were like six and eight. They should be able to put their dishes in the dishwasher. And I'm like, okay, but I tell them so many times and they don't. So what's the problem? And so we just thought through why isn't this happening? We're trying to make this happen and it's not happening. And we realized they can't reach the sink. So we're small people. We have small kids. Our kids couldn't reach the faucet. I always call a faucet a sink. It's not. It's a faucet. So they can't reach the faucet to turn it on, to rinse their dishes, to put them in the dishwasher. So literally the solution was as simple as buying a stool. Now we have a stool. Our kids can reach the faucet. They can rinse their dishes and put them in the dishwasher. It changed a lot. It really did change a lot for us. So now our dishwasher gets loaded and gets emptied and it's great. So if you have something that you want to change in your life, really consider what needs to change, right? Like, does my reward need to be greater? Is there something in the way? Is there something I need to buy? Like, I want to be a runner, but I don't even have tennis shoes, and that feels overwhelming. Go to a running store where they literally watch you run on a treadmill, and they prescribe the right shoe for you. Are they going to be expensive? Heck yes. Will you have the perfect shoe for your foot? Absolutely. So just think through why am I not doing this and try to remove those barriers and solve those problems for yourself. Okay, lastly, make it satisfying. This is potentially most important, right? The reward is why we are doing the habit in the first place. So you have to just be so sure that the craving and reward is actually something you're excited about. And if it's not attractive enough, the habit loop totally fails and your habit won't stick. Here's the thing too, guys. You are not going to dedicate yourself to a habit and then be perfect. You're just not. So one thing that you have to tell yourself in the beginning and one thing that we learned in school to become a health coach is that we have to normalize setbacks because they will happen. You want to run every single day? You're not. You're not going to run every single day, okay? And so we have to normalize getting back on the horse, right? I think of Zoolander where he's like, you got to get back on the horse. And Zoolander goes, I'm not a gymnast, Maury. (laughs) Get back on the horse, guys. You just have to normalize these setbacks and think through, what am I going to do if I don't run one day? I'm going to run the following day, right? Additionally, this may seem obvious, but I think it's really important. Your habits have to be in line with your identity, okay? So this cracks me up because my family has really caught on to this because this works so well for me. I have to tell myself, I am a clean and organized person, right? Am I naturally? Sure not. Sure shooting. Definitely not a clean and organized person. But I tell myself, I am a clean and organized person. And that helps me like take on that identity like it's a backpack. And then I act as if I'm a clean and organized person. And so I've started running again. And I want to really start prioritizing moving my body more. And so I've started telling myself, I'm an athlete. (laughs) And it's so great. Like I'm like, I'm a runner. I'm an athlete. And even like Owen the other day was like, mom, you're an athlete. It was so cute. I'm like, thanks, buddy. I appreciate you. But if your habits aren't in line with either who you currently are right now or who you're trying to become, then they 
will likely fail, okay? And so maybe I don't really feel like an athlete, but I'm able to like take on that identity and I want to be, right? So you have to just be able to choose something. If it's like futuristic, you just have to be able to believe yourself and like really dig in and like I am an athlete, right? And that really helps the habit stick if it's in line with who you are or who you want to be. So when it comes to how to choose something in terms of how to choose your habit, I think the best habits to choose are in line with your values. And if you have not done the Brene Brown values exercise, absolutely Google it and stop everything you're doing and do it. I think it's so important to figure out the couple of things, the couple of values that are really important to you and you can also do it as a family. And so I want you to think about What is the healthiest, happiest, wealthiest, amazing, most amazing version of me? Where am I now? And really what's that gap, okay? And then think about when you're you're thinking about all the different categories of your life, what feels most important to fix? Maybe that's a relationship. Okay, maybe it's you're overweight and you have a few health issues and you'd really like to resolve those things, okay? So whatever it is, think about that thing and then find a habit that could really change your life in that area, right? Typically with my clients, because this is the process that we use in health coaching, you think about who you want to be, where you want to be, where you are, and then it's my job to help you bridge that gap. Typically my clients will start with what feels like imperative. Sometimes it's like I can barely digest my food, I have IBS, blah, 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 and we have to start there, right? So maybe it's something that feels really imperative to you or it could feel really, um, just really, really important. It's something you're passionate about. It's something you've tried for years to change. Start there. And then lastly, I just want to talk about keystone habits. So a keystone habit is something that actually ends up affecting a lot of areas of your life. So it has the ripple effect. It affects a lot of different things. Some examples of keystone habits that can change a lot of different things. So they just have like the biggest amount of impact is regular exercise, a morning routine like we just talked about, healthy sleep hygiene, stretching or yoga, cooking at home instead of eating out, keeping a food journal, so tracking food, meal prepping, making your bed, journaling, reading and writing, positive visualization exercises, prayer and meditation, tracking your spending and your expenses, and practicing gratitude. So those are some things that could have massive changes, not just on that habit itself, but on your whole life. So that is my message today about habits. I hope that you can pick something that you are so excited about changing in your life that can have some massive effect on the rest of your life. I want to thank you so, so much for listening to the All of You Whole podcast. These last two years, 100 episodes have been Such a blast, such a joy. Thank you so much for tuning in. You will be the first to hear if and when the All of You Whole podcast comes back. Be sure to get on that newsletter to be able to hear if this podcast comes back. 
Thank you so much for listening and be sure to follow along at all of you whole on all of the social media channels as well. And if you ever need me, you can DM me on Instagram or shoot me an email at hello at all of you Thanks so much for listening. Thank you.